Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to episode 97 of Trundle Bed Tales. I am your host, Sarah Utah, the creator and force behind Trundle Bed Tales. Find me all around the web on your favorite social media platform as under Trundle Bed Tales, and I hope to hear from you soon. Now, tonight's episode is a little bit different than what we normally do, because instead of having uh, an interactive show, I am going to read instead. Normally, I have a uh, one episode a year where we do read aloud stuff, and I've done uh, readings from uh, readers in honor of Bonham School. I've done a section on the Great Auk from Pa's Big Green Animal Book. I've done a couple uh, chapters of Millbank by Mary J. Holmes, which is the only novel mentioned by name in the Little House books. And um, I did the Easter egg chapter out of Laddie, A True Blue Story. Now I have, um, what I'm going to be doing tonight is one from a series of books by Thornton W. Burgess. And Burgess was a naturalist. He has uh, various things um, named for him that were refuges and that kind of thing. And he was well known around uh, the turn of the 20th century where he had a um, column. It was published for children. So every... uh, Every chapter in these books that were collected out of the columns begins with a recap and ends with a cliffhanger. So they're great for reading aloud. And my um, librarian that I had as a kid at the Iowa City Library was named Hazel Westcott, and she directed me and my grandmother and my brother to these books. And so the one I'm going to read a little bit out of today is called The Adventures of Grandfather Frog. Now, uh, these take place in the green forest and the green meadows. The animals wear clothing and talk, at least to each other. Uh, But other than that, what they do in these stories are what they do in real life. So I really was a nice uh, way to to slip some natural history into um, what would otherwise be just sort of a pleasurable little story. And with that, I think we will get going. The Adventures of Grandfather Frog by Thornton Thornton W. Burgess. Chapter 1, Billy Mink Finds Little Joe Otter. Billy Mink ran around the edge of the smiling pool and turned down by the laughing brook. His eyes twinkled with mischief, and he hurried as only Billy can. And as he passed Jerry Muskrat's house, Jerry saw him. Hi, Billy Mink. 
Where are you going in such a hurry this fine morning, he called. Fine, little Joe Otter. Have you seen anything of him, replied Billy. No, said Jerry. He's probably down to the big river fishing. I heard him say last night that was where he was going. Thanks, said Billy Mink, and without waiting to say more, he was off like a little brown flash. Jerry watched him out of sight. Humph, exclaimed Jerry. Billy Mink is in a terrible hurry this morning. Now I wonder what he is so anxious to find little Joe Otter for. When they get their heads together, it usually is for some mischief. Jerry climbed to the top of his house and looked over the smiling pool in the direction from which Billy Mink had just come. Almost at once, he saw Grandfather Frog fast asleep on his big green lily pad. The legs of a foolish green fly were sticking out of one corner of his big mouth. Jerry couldn't help laughing, for Grandfather Frog certainly did look funny. He's had a good breakfast this morning, and his full stomach has made him sleepy, thought Jerry. But he's getting careless in his old age. He certainly is getting careless. The idea of going to sleep right out in plain sight like that. Suddenly, a new thought popped into his head. Billy Mink saw him, and that is why he is so anxious to find little Joe Otter. He's planning to play some trick on Grandfather Frog as sure as pollywogs have tails, exclaimed Jerry. Then his eyes began to twinkle as he added, I think I'll have some fun myself. Without another word, Jerry slipped down into the water and swam over to the big green lily pad of Grandfather Frog. Then he hit the water a smart blow with his tail. Grandfather Frog's big goggly eyes flew open, and he was just about to make a frightened plunge into the smiling pool when he saw Jerry. Have a nice nap, inquired Jerry with a broad grin. I wasn't asleep, protested Grandfather Frog indignantly. I was just thinking, don't you think it is a rather dangerous place to think so long with your eyes closed, asked Jerry. Well, maybe I did just doze off, admitted Grandfather Frog sheepishly. Maybe you did, replied Jerry. Now listen. Then Jerry whispered in Grandfather Frog's ear and both chuckled as if they were enjoying some joke, for they are great friends, you know. Afterward, Jerry swam back to his house, and Grandfather Frog closed his eyes so as to look just as he did when he was asleep. Meanwhile, Billy Mink had hurried down the Laughing Brook. Halfway to the big river, he met Little Joe Otter bringing home a big fish, for you know Little Joe is a great fisherman. Billy Mink hastened to tell him how Grandfather Frog had fallen fast asleep in his big green lily pad. It's a splendid chance to have some fun with Grandfather Frog and give him a great scare, concluded Billy. Little Joe Otter put his fish down and grinned. He likes to play pranks almost as well as he likes to go fishing. What can we do, said he. I've thought of a plan, replied Billy. Do you happen to know where we can find Longlegs the Blue Heron? Yes, said Little Joe. I saw him fishing not five minutes ago. Then Billy told Little Joe of his plan, and laughing and giggling, the two scamps hurried off to find Longlegs the Blue Heron. Chapter 2. Longlegs the Blue Heron Receives Collars Longlegs the Blue Heron felt decidedly out of sorts. It was a beautiful morning, too, beautiful for anyone to be feeling that way. Indeed, it was the same beautiful morning in which Grandfather Frog had caught so many foolish green flies. 
jolly round, bright Mr. Sun was smiling in his broadest. The merry little breezes of Old Mother Westwind were dancing happily here and there over the green meadows, looking for some good turn to do for others. The little feathered people to whom Old Mother Nature has given the great blessing of music in their throats were pouring out their sweetest songs. So it seemed as if there was no good reason why Longlegs should feel out of sorts. The fact is, the trouble with Longlegs was an empty stomach. Yes, sir. That is what ailed Longlegs' blue hair in that sunshiny morning. You know, it is hard work to be hungry and happy at the same time. So Longlegs stood at the edge of the shallow little pool and the laughing brook grumbling to himself. Just a little while before, he had seen little Joe Otter carrying home a big fish, and this had made him hungrier and more out of sorts than ever. In the first place, it made him envious. And envy, you know, always stirs up bad feelings. He knew perfectly well that little Joe had gotten that fish by boldly chasing it until he caught it. For little Joe can swim even faster than a fish. But Longlegs chose to try and make himself think it was all luck. Moreover, he wanted to blame someone for his own lack of success, as most people who fail do. So when little Joe crawled out, hey, Longlegs, what uh, what luck this fine morning. Longlegs just pretended not to hear. But when little Joe was out of sight and hearing, he began to grumble to himself. No wonder I have no luck with that fellow racing up and down the laughing brook, said he. He isn't content to catch what he wants himself, but frightens the rest of the fish so that an honest fisherman like me has no chance at all. I don't see what old Mother Nature was thinking when she gave him a liking for fish. He and Billy Mink are just two worthless little scamps, born to make trouble for other people. He was still grumbling when these two same little scamps poked their heads out of the grass on the other side of the little pool. You look happy, long legs. Must be that you've had a good breakfast, said little Joe, nudging Billy Mink. Long legs snapped his great bill angrily. What do you think you're doing here, spoiling my fishing, he demanded. Haven't you got the big river and all the rest of the laughing brook to fool around in? This is my pool, and I'll thank you to keep away. Billy Mink chuckled so that Longlegs heard him, and that didn't improve his temper a bit. But before he could say anything more, little Joe Otter spoke. Oh, he said, we beg your pardon. We just happened to know that Grandfather Frog is sound asleep, and we thought if you hadn't had good luck this morning, you might like to know about it. As long as you think so ill of us, we'll just run over and tell Black Captain Night Heron. Little Joe turned as if to start off in search of Black Cap at once. Hold on a minute, cried Longlegs, and tried to make his voice sound pleasant. A difficult thing to do because, you know, his voice is very harsh and disagreeable. The truth is I haven't had a mouthful of breakfast and... To be hungry is apt to make me cross. Where did you say Grandfather Frog is? I didn't say, replied Little Joe. But if you really want to know, he is sitting on his big green lily pad in the smiling pool, fast asleep, right in plain sight. Thank you, said Longlegs. I believe I have an errand up that way. Now I think about it, I believe I will just go over and have a look at him. I have never seen him asleep. Chapter 3. Longlegs Visits the Smiling Pool Longlegs, the blue heron, watched Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter disappear down the laughing brook. 
As long as they were in sight, he sat without moving, his head drawn down between his shoulders, just as if he had nothing more important to think about than a morning nap. But if you'd been near enough to have seen his keen eyes, you would never have suspected him of even thinking of a nap. Just as soon as he felt sure the two little brown-coated scamps were out of sight, he stretched up his long neck until he was almost twice as tall as he'd been a minute before. He looked this way and that way to make sure no danger was near, spread his great wings and flapped heavily into the air, and then, with his head once more tucked back between his shoulders and his long legs straight out behind him, he flew over over the green meadows, making a big circle heading straight for the smiling pool. All this while, Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter had not been so far away as Longlegs supposed. They had been hiding where they could watch him, and the instant he spread his wings, they started back up the laughing brook towards the smiling pool to see what would happen there. You see, they knew perfectly well that Longlegs was flying up to the smiling pool and hoped that he could catch Grandfather Frog for his breakfast. They didn't really mean that any harm should come to Grandfather Frog, but they meant that he should have a great fight. You see, they were like a great many other people, so heedless and thoughtless that they thought it was fun to frighten others. Of course, we'll waken Grandfather Frog in time for him to get away with nothing more than a great scare, said little Joe Otter as they hurried along. It'll be such fun to see his big googly eyes pop out just when he opens them and sees Longlegs just ready to gobble him up. And won't Longlegs be happy mad when we cheat him out of the breakfast? He is so sure he's going to have. They reached the smiling pool before Longlegs, who'd taken a roundabout way, and they hid among the bulrushes where they could see and not be seen. But there's the old fellow just as I left him, fast asleep, whispered Billy Mink. Sure enough, there on his big green lily pad sat Grandfather Frog with his eyes shut. At least they seemed to be shut. And over on top of his big gray house, his big house sat Jerry Muskrat. Jerry seemed to be too busy opening a freshwater clam to notice anything else. But the truth is, he was watching all that was going on. You see, he'd suspected that Billy Mink was going to play some trick on Grandfather Frog. So he had warned him, and when he had seen Longlegs coming towards the Smiling Pool, he had given Grandfather Frog another warning, and he knew now he was only pretending to be asleep. Smiling Pool came Longlegs the Blue Heron, and on the very edge of it, among the bulrushes, he dropped his long legs and stood with his toes in the water, his long neck stretched up so he could look over the Smiling Pool. There, just as little Joe Otter had said, sat Grandfather Frog on his big green lily pad, fast asleep. At least he seemed to be fast asleep. The eyes of Longlegs sparkled with hunger and the thought of what a splendid breakfast Grandfather Frog would make. Very slowly, putting each foot down as carefully as he knew, Longlegs began to walk along the shore so as to get opposite the big green lily pad where Grandfather Frog was sitting. And over in the bulrushes on the other side, little Joe Otter and Billy Mink nudged each other and clapped their hands over their mouth to keep from laughing aloud. 
Chapter 4, The Patience of Long Legs, the Blue Heron. Patience often wins the day when overhaste has lost the way. There is one virtue which Long Legs the Heron possesses above another. It is patience. Yes, sir, Long Legs certainly has got patience. He believes that if a thing is worth having, it is worth waiting for, and that if he waits long enough, he is sure to get it. Perhaps that is because he has been a fisherman all his life, and his father and his grandfather were fishermen. You know, a fisherman without patience rarely catches anything. Of course, Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter laugh at this and say that isn't so, but the truth is they sometimes go hungry when they wouldn't if they had a little of the patience of long legs. Now, Grandfather Frog is another who is very, very patient. He can sit still the longest time waiting for something to come to him. Indeed, he can sit perfectly still so long, and long legs can stand perfectly still so long that Jerry Muscat and Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter have had many long disputes as to which of the two can keep still the longest. He will make a splendid breakfast, thought Long Legs, as a very, very carefully he walked along the edge of the smiling pool so as to get right opposite Grandfather Frog. Then he stopped and looked very hard at Grandfather Frog. Yes, he certainly must be sleeping because his eyes were closed. Long Legs chuckled to himself (laughs) right down inside without making a sound and got ready to wait out so to get within reach. Now all the time Grandfather Frog was doing some quiet chuckling himself. You see he wasn't asleep at all. He was just pretending to be asleep and all the time he was watching long legs out of one of his big googly eyes very very slowly and carefully so as not to make the teeniest, weeniest sound, Long Legs lifted one foot to wade out in the smiling pool. Grandfather Frog pretended to yawn and open his big googly eyes. Long Legs stood at one foot without moving so much as a feather. Grandfather Frog yawned again, nodded as if he was too sleepy to keep awake, and half closed his eyes. Long legs waited and waited. Then little by little, so slowly that if you had been there, you would hardly have seen him move. He drew his long neck down until his head rested on his shoulders. I guess I must wait until he falls sound asleep again, said Long Legs to himself. But Grandfather Frog didn't go to sleep. He would nod and nod. And then just when Longlegs would make up his mind that this time he really was asleep, open would pop Grandfather Frog's eyes. So all the long morning, Longlegs on one foot without moving, watching and waiting and growing hungrier and hungrier. And all the long morning, Grandfather Frog sat on his big green lily pad, pretending that he was oh so sleepy. And all the time having such a comfortable sun bath and rest, for very early, he'd had a good breakfast of foolish green flies. Over in the bulrushes on the other side of the smiling pool, two little scamps in brown bathing suits waited 
and watched for the great fright they had planned for Grandfather Frog. They had sent Longlegs to try and catch him. They were Billy Mink and Little Joe Otter. At first they laughed at themselves and nudged each other as they thought of the trick they had played. Then, as nothing happened, they began to grow tired and uneasy. You see, they did not possess patience. Finally, they gave up in disgust and stole away to find some more exciting sport. Grandfather Frog saw them go and chuckled (laughs) harder than ever to himself. Grandfather Frog jumped just in time. Chapter 5. Back and forth over the green meadows sailed Whitetail the marsh hawk. Like long legs, the blue heron was hungry. His sharp eyes peered down among the grasses, looking for something to eat. But some good fairy seemed to have warned the very little people who lived there that Whitetail was out hunting. Perhaps it was one of old Mother Westwind's children, the Merry Little Breezes. You know, they are always flitting about trying to do someone a good turn. They love to dance and romp and play from dawn to dusk the live long day. But more than this, they love to find a chance to do some favor kind. Anyway, little Mr. Greensnake seemed to know that Whitetail was out hunting and managed to keep out of sight. Danny Meadow Mouse wasn't to be found. Only a few foolish green grasshoppers rewarded his patient search, and these only served to make him feel hungrier than ever. But old Whitetail was a great, had a great deal of persistence, and in spite of his bad luck, he kept at hunting back and forth, back and forth, until he had been all over the green meadows. At last he had made up his mind that he was wasting time there. I'll just have a look over at the smiling pool, and there is, there is nothing there. I'll take a turn or two along the big river, thought he, and straightway headed for the smiling pool. Long before he reached it, his keen eyes saw long legs, the black, blue heron, standing motionless on the edge of it, and he knew by the look of long legs that he was watching something which he hoped to catch. If it's a fish, thought Whitetail, it will do no good, for I am no fisherman. But if it's a frog, well, frogs are not as good eating as fat meadow mice, but they are very filling. With that, he hurried a little faster. And then he saw what Longlegs was watching so intently. It was, as you know, Grandfather Frog sitting on his big green lily pad. Old Whitetail gave a great sigh of satisfaction. Ah, Grandfather Frog certainly would be filling, very filling indeed. Now Longlegs, the blue heron, was so intently watching Grandfather Frog that he saw nothing else. And Grandfather Frog was so busy watching Longlegs that he quite forgot there might be other dangers. Besides, his back was toward old Whitetail. Of course, Whitetail saw this, and it made him almost chuckle aloud. Ever so many times he'd tried to catch Grandfather Frog, but always Grandfather Frog had seen him long before he could get near. Now, with all his keen sight, old Whitetail had failed to see someone else who was sitting right in plain sight. He had failed because his mind was so full of Grandfather Frog and long legs that he forgot to look around as he usually does. Just skimming the tops of the bulrushes, he sailed swiftly out over the smiling pool and reached down with his great 
cruel claws to clutch Grandfather Frog, who sat there pretending to be asleep, but all the time watching Longlegs and deep down inside chuckling to think how he was fooling Longlegs. Crap! That was the tale of Jerry Muskrat hitting the water. Grandfather Frog knew what that meant. Danger! He didn't know what the danger was, and he didn't wait to find out. There would be time enough for that later. When Jerry Muskrat slapped the water with his tail that way, danger was very near indeed. With a frightened chagrin, Grandfather Frog dived headfirst into the smiling pool. And so close was old Whitetail that the water was splashed right in his face. He clutched frantically with his great claws, but all he got was a piece of the big green lily pad on which Grandfather Frog had been sitting. And, of course, this was no use for an emperor of disappointment and anger. He whirled in the air and made straight for Jerry Muskrat. But Jerry just laughed in the most provoking way and ducked under the water. Chapter 6, Long Legs and White Tail Quarrel. You did. I didn't. I didn't. You did. Such a terrible fuss when Grandfather hid. You see, Longlegs, the blue heron, had stood very patiently on one foot all the long morning waiting for Grandfather Frog to go to sleep on his big green lily pad. He felt sure he was to have Grandfather Frog for his breakfast and lunch, for he'd had no breakfast and it was now lunchtime. He was so hungry that it seemed to him that the sides of his stomach he certainly would fall in because there was nothing to hold them up. And then, without any warning at all, old Whitetail, the marsh hawk, had glided out of the smiling, uh, glided out across the smiling pool with his long, great claws stretched out to clutch Grandfather Frog. And Grandfather Frog had dived into the smiling pool with a great splash, just in the very nick of time. Now, if there's anything in the world so hard on the temper as to lose a good meal when you are very, very, very hungry. Of course, Longlegs didn't really have that good meal, but he thought he was surely going to have it. So when Grandfather Frog splashed into the smiling pool, of course, Longlegs lost his temper altogether. His yellow eyes seemed to glow even more yellow. (coughs) You robber, you thief, he screamed harshly at the old whitetail. Now, old whitetail was just as hungry as Longlegs. And he had come even nearer to catching Grandfather Frog. He is even quicker tempered than Longlegs. He had whirled like a flash on Jerry Muskrat, but Jerry had just laughed in the most provoking manner and ducked under the water. This made old Whitetail angrier than ever. And then to be called bad names, robber and thief, it was more than any self-respecting hawk could stand. Yes, sir, it certainly was. He fairly shook with rage as he turned in the air once more and made straight for Longlegs the Blue Heron. I'm no more robber and thief than you are, he shrieked. You're fighting away my frog, screamed Longlegs. I didn't, you did. I didn't. It wasn't your frog, it was mine. Chugarum, said Grandfather Frog to Jerry Muskrat as they peeped out from behind some lily pads. I didn't know I belonged to anybody. I really didn't. Did you? No, replied Jerry, his eyes sparkling with excitement as he watched Longlegs and Whitetail. It's news to me. You're too lazy to hunt like honest people, taunted old Whitey, he wheeled around Longlegs, watching for a chance to strike with his great cruel claws. 
aren't you honest to take food out of other people's mouths? Retorted Longlegs, dancing around as to always face Whitetail. One of his long, great, broad wings held in front of him like a shield, and his long, strong bill ready to strike. Every feather on Whitetail's head was standing erect with rage, and he looked very fierce and terrible. At last he saw a chance, or he thought he did, and shot down. But all he got was a feather from that great wing, which Longlegs kept in front of him. And before he could get away, so that long bill had struck him twice, so that he screamed in pain. So they fought and fought till the ground was covered with feathers, and they were too tired to fight any longer. Then slowly and painfully, old Whitetail flew away over the green meadows, and with torn and ragged wings, long legs flew heavily down the laughing brook towards the big river. Both were sore and stiff and still hungry. Dear me, dear me, what a terrible thing and how useless anger is, said Grandfather Frog as he climbed back on his big green lily pad in the warm sunshine. And that is the end of Chapter 5. Or no, I'm sorry, Chapter 6 of The Adventures of Grandfather Frog by Thornton W. Burgess. It is a great book, so are the entire series, and I hope this will encourage you to go and get it and read more Thornton Burgess because I think you will enjoy it. And with that, I just want to remind you to brighten the corner where you are, and hopefully we'll get another episode out real soon. Thanks. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.